number one, uh, and I know we've been in Matthew several times already during this season. Um, I just can't, I, I, you, you cannot wear this chapter out. It's just, uh, and even this morning, as I was reading back through it again this morning, God gave me something brand new that I'm looking forward to sharing here in the next few days with our church. But I want to talk to you about this subject today. What's in a name? What's in a name? Look, if you will, at Matthew chapter uh, 1, Matthew chapter 1, and uh, find your place to verse number 18, Matthew 1, verse 18. And when you find your places, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Matthew 1, 18. Boy, pay attention to every word. The Bible says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found a child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now notice verse number 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. You say, now, Pastor, we just talked about this a week or two ago. You're right, we did. We're going to talk about it again and, uh, because there's more to talk about. Amen. Uh, the Bible says, verse 21 again, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Oh my, I'm telling you, God, that jumped off the page this morning. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about that real, real soon. All right, not today, but real soon, Lord willing. The Bible says, verse 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, behold, a virgin shall be a child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, wait a minute. The Bible says in verse 21, they're going to call his name Jesus. And then we get to verse 22, and the Bible says, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You may be seated this morning, and I want to talk to you about that subject, and I think this is going to teach a lot better than it's going to preach today. But uh, anyway, let me give you some things the Lord gave me and studied that I believe will be a help, and I believe they'll be a blessing to you. And so let's pray first and ask the Lord to help us, and we'll jump right into this Bible study today. Father, we love you, and thank you so much for the privilege, Lord, to be in your house again today. What a great morning it's been, wonderful morning of fellowship, good spirit, great spirit here today. And God, we thank you for all the help we've received through the, the Sunday school hour, through the music and the choir and the special just now. Everything's been wonderful. And we just thank you and praise you for it. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd knit our hearts together as you've done many times. And I pray that we'll learn something that will encourage us, something that will edify us in the faith, something that will help us to be better servants for you. And Lord, I pray that you'll be pleased and that your son will be glorified through all that's done today, fill us with the Spirit of God. Save the lost. Encourage the saved, please. In Jesus' name, we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. amen. 
Well, the story of Jesus is an interesting story to say the very least. And as you read Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 2, and then a little bit later you begin to study in Luke's gospel and Luke 1 and Luke 2, uh, boy, you, you find out that there's a number, of, a number of key players in the Christmas story. Now you say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, there's a number of Bible characters in the Christmas story besides the Lord Jesus. For instance, we read about Joseph and Mary. We read about the wise men uh, that we preached on just, I guess, Wednesday night. Uh, we read about the shepherds. We read about others. Some of these are not necessarily cast as good characters. Uh, we read about King Herod. King Herod was a wicked, wicked man. Then we read about men like Simeon and Anna uh, there in the temple, Zacharias and Elizabeth. Luke's gospel focuses a little bit more on Zacharias and Elizabeth. But one of the things that we notice about the Christmas story is that, is that out of all the characters, we notice that the Lord Jesus Christ plays the leading role, the leading role. Uh, his story, this story really revolves around him, as does, by the way, all of Scripture. I'll remind you of what Luke chapter 24, verse 27 says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. And so really all of Scripture is about the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Christmas story, we find a number, a number of Bible characters but it's really all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, one of the interesting things that we find in the Christmas story and what we read this, uh, specifically this morning in Matthew chapter one is that our Savior is referenced by several different names, several different names. For instance, look if you go at Matthew chapter one. We didn't read this this morning, but go back a little bit uh, earlier in the chapter. Matthew one, verse 16. Notice verse 16 with me. The Bible says, in Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. Notice this little phrase right here, who is called, what's the word? Christ. Christ. Who is called Christ. All right, same chapter. Skip down to verse number 21. The Bible says, and she shall bring forth the son, talking about Mary, and she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name, what's the word? Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Same chapter. Skip down to verse number 23. The Bible says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name, what's the word? Amen. Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And so somebody says, Preacher, I'm confused. I mean, one Passage calls him Christ, and then a few verses later, it refers to him as Jesus, and then just a few verses later, it refers to him as Emmanuel. So preacher, is it Jesus, or is it Christ, or is it Emmanuel? And the answer to that question is yes. Yes. You say, Pastor, I'm still confused. Preacher, I'm trying to ask you a question. Is his name Christ? Is his name Jesus? Or is his name Emmanuel? And the correct answer to that question is yes. All of the above. Every one of those names are his name. Now, if you are confused, I don't think you'll be confused in just a little bit, all right? Now, I wanna see if I can teach on that in just a few minutes and, 
and uh, try to give you a little understanding on that. So several points. I'll just give you three points this, uh, this, uh, in these three hours that I'm going to preach, as Ethan said. And so I'll give you one point per hour, okay, and then we'll be on our way. And I want to give you three points today, and the guys will beam those up there for us. Number one, I want you to notice that Christ, Christ was his, what I'm going to call his hopeful name. Christ was his hopeful name. Now, look back at Matthew chapter 1, verse 16. The Bible says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Now, let me explain to you what that word means. The word, uh, the word Christ is a word that means Messiah, Messiah, or it means anointed one. And so he's going to be called Christ. He's going to be called Messiah. He is going to be the anointed one. Now, that word Messiah simply means Savior or liberator. Now, here's what I'm saying. It was hoped, it was hoped that God would send his Christ, his anointed one, his Messiah. And Jesus was the fulfillment of that hope. That's why we say it's his hopeful name. Now, I want to show you several places, and we won't go to all of these, but I want you to take, I want you to hold your place at Matthew, put your ribbon there, bookmark there, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter number 18 in your Old Testament, right up toward the very front of your Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now, there were several things that were hoped for. Number one, I wrote this down. It was hoped, it was hoped that God would send an anointed prophet. And sure enough, he did exactly that. But I want you to see that. Deuteronomy chapter 18, and look, if you will, at verse number 18. Deuteronomy 18, verse 18. Look what the Bible says here. I will raise them up a, what's the word? And notice it's capitalized. That's interesting. The Bible says, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. And so it was hoped that God would send an anointed prophet. Not only that, but it was hoped that God would send an anointed priest. I'll just read this verse for you. Psalm 110 verse 4. The Bible says, the Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So again, we're back, going back to Old Testament times. And so it was hoped, it was hoped that God would send an anointed prophet. It was hoped that God would send an anointed priest. And it was also hoped that God would send an anointed king. Now look with me, if you will, to the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, and chapter number nine, chapter number nine, and find your place to verse number six, if you will. This is good scripture right here. It's all good, isn't it? Isaiah chapter nine, and look at verse number six. Isaiah the prophet was allowed to look down through the corridors of time, and God allowed him to see what was coming in the future. And look what he says in Isaiah nine and verse six. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, oh, come on now, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now look at verse seven. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David. And notice these words, and upon his 
kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this and so it was hoped that God would send an anointed king now this is what I'm preaching this morning Calvary Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of all those prophecies he was the anointed prophet he was the anointed priest and he was and is by the way the anointed king By the way, for that matter, and I'm not preaching on this this morning, but there's coming a day when he will be prophet, priest, and king. Amen. We'll have no president. We'll have no chancellor. We'll have no prime minister. The Bible says that he will come and set up his kingdom on this earth for 1,000 glorious years, and he will rule and reign. And by the way, if you're born again, you will rule and reign with him. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of all these prophecies. He was the Messiah. He was the Christ. He was the one that they had hoped for, the one they had prayed for, the one they had waited for. And so when the Bible says he's going to be called Christ, what's that saying? He is going to be the anointed one. He's gonna be the Messiah. There have been other Jesuses, but no Jesus like this Jesus. There have been other ones that have been anointed, but nobody's been anointed like this one. You see, he's not just anointed. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. Now, somebody says, preacher, okay, but how do we know, how do we know that Jesus really was the anointed one? That's a good question. So take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and I want you to turn to the gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter number three. Matthew chapter number three. How do we know, preacher? How do we know he was the anointed one, all right? Look at Matthew chapter three and verse number 16, and here we find scripture that assures us that Jesus Christ was that anointed one. Matthew chapter three, verse number 16, the Bible says in Jesus, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know what God was saying? This is him. I don't know if that's correct English, but that's what he was saying. This is him. This is the one. This is the one you've been hoping for. This is that prophet you've been hoping for. This is that king you've been hoping for. This is that priest, that anointed priest that you've been hoping for. This is the fulfillment of prophecy. This is the Christ. That's what he's saying. This is the anointed one. Now, you say, preacher, okay. All right, I get it. Okay, Uh, but what's the big deal? But you know what? Really, that is a big deal. And although this may not be my main point, I think it's one of the most important points. It's important we understand that. Why? Because there is a big debate in our, in our world today. What do you mean? People don't, admire, don't mind acknowledging Jesus as a man. They will tell you he lived. They will tell you he, he existed. By the way, anybody who tells you that Jesus never existed is a dork. I'm just telling you. And probably was 20 before they learned how to wave bye-bye. And you know, I mean, it's just established. He was here. Uh, and so, but, but here's the thing. They don't mind telling you he was here. There are college professors in our secular colleges who don't mind telling you that Jesus was real, that he was a, a, a real historic figure. They don't mind telling you that he was a teacher. They don't mind telling you he was a prophet. And they'll even tell you that he was a healer. But I want to tell you, Calvary Baptist Church, he was more than that. 
He was more than a preacher. He was more than a prophet. He was more than a healer. He was more than a teacher. I'm telling you, he was the Christ, the anointed one. He, Jesus, is the Messiah. Absolutely. And by the way, this is what I believe, and this is what I believe Scripture teaches. Did you know that a sinner will never be regenerated until they acknowledge that truth right there? Now, what do you mean, preacher? Listen, if you're here this morning and you say, preacher, I believe he was a man. I believe he was a great teacher. I believe he was a great rabbi. I believe he was, a, he was an anointed speaker. I believe he was a motivator of men, but I don't believe he's the son of God. Friend, if that's the case, you can never be born again. Until you first of all come to that place and you acknowledge that he's not just any man, he's the God man. He's the Christ. That's why the Bible is so uh, emphasizes that so strongly. He's, he's not just Jesus. He's not just Emmanuel. No, he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Oh, I got too, I got too many scriptures to give you. But, oh, I thought we're preaching three hours. That's right, that's right. Acts chapter eight, look at Acts chapter eight in your Bibles. My second point's very short. Acts chapter eight, and look at verse 35. The Bible says, this is of course the story where Philip is preaching to the Ethiopian eunuch. He's been given a copy, he's gained a copy of the book of Isaiah and he's reading scripture about the Messiah. And the Bible says that Philip joins himself to this Ethiopian eunuch in his chariot and he begins to preach to him, Jesus. And look what happened, Acts chapter eight, verse 35. And then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? I'm not picking on you. I promise you, I'm not picking on you this morning. But I, I'm just telling you, if you're reading from an NIV, you won't be able to read the next verse with us. Because they took it out. And so the Ethiopian eunuch said, here's water. I'd like to be baptized. Is there anything that's hindering me from being baptized? And look what he says in verse 37. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And look what his response is. And he answered and said, come on now. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a healer. He's not just a preacher. He is the Christ, the anointed one. That's what he's talking about right there. Oh man. Yes, yes, yes. I, I wrote this down on my outline. When Jesus talked to his disciples about identifying him, Peter got it right. Take your Bibles again and turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Church, I believe this is, this is an important enough point to hang in here just for a minute. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Matthew 16, verse 13. The Bible says when Jesus... When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, now my wife and I back in 2019 had the opportunity to visit Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi. And Caesarea Philippi was, was, was a, a location for absolute idolatry, perversion. Some of those shrines are still there. Some of those places where they would place those gods and the walls are still there. 
and they worship those false gods, those idol gods, and that's where they are. They're in Caesarea Philippi. Of all places, they're in Caesarea Philippi. And he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I the son of man am? Verse 14, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist. You're a good preacher. Uh, Some, Elias, you're a prophet. And others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the what? (laughs) Man, oh man. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That word Christ means Messiah. It means the anointed one. Peter said, Lord, you're not just anybody. You're the Christ. You're the anointed one. Hey, Calvary, I want to tell you something. Not just anybody can save your soul. There's a lot of Jesuses out there. And by the way, the Bible tells us this. As the end times get closer and closer and closer, there's going to be more Jesuses. There's going to be more people that come on the scene and they're going to say, I'm Jesus. I am Jesus. But he said this, don't you listen to him. Because there's not but one Christ. There are many Jesuses, but there's not but one Christ. And so they said, call him Christ. Why? Because he is the Messiah. And so we find here Christ was his hopeful name. Quickly, number two. Emmanuel was his Hebrew name. Now look back at Matthew. I got to turn into a lot of places today, but it'll be worth it. Matthew 1 again. Matthew 1 verse 23. Christ was his hopeful name. But Emmanuel, Emmanuel was his Hebrew name. Matthew 1, verse 23, the Bible says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, the name Emmanuel is of a Hebrew origin. It's a Hebrew word, and it means this. It means God with us. God with us. You know what that means, Calvary? That means that God has saw fit to come and be with us in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I told you it's my shortest point, and it is. But listen to this. You say, preacher, is that a big deal? That's a real big deal. You know what that means? That means he's not some faraway God. That means he's not Allah, like Islam teaches. That means he's not a God that you can't ever know. He's a God that you serve. He's a God that you get blowed up for. He's a God that you would kill yourself for, but you'll never know him. You can't know him personally. You're never gonna be really be with him. And yet we find here that Jesus' name is Emmanuel. He's not a faraway God. He's one that you can know. He's not one that you'll never see. He's not one that you can never talk to. No, the Bible says he is with us. And by the way, church, he'll forever be with us. He'll forever be our Emmanuel. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And I thought about Revelation 21, 3, where the Bible says, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, I don't know if you're getting this or not. 
But this is good stuff. Then you say, preacher, why are you so excited about that? You know, listen, did you know if you really care about somebody, if you really love somebody, you want to be with that somebody. Man, if you really love somebody and you're never with them, what kind of love is that? What kind of relationship? Listen, I love that little redhead right there. Man, I love her. And I want to be with her. Man, I enjoy being in her presence. Now, wait a minute now. You know what God is saying? God is saying, I'm sending the Christ. I'm sending the anointed one. I'm sending the Messiah. But he said also he's going to be called Emmanuel, which means, which means this. He means I love you so much. I want to be with you. And by the way, Calvary, I'm glad he's with us. Amen. Oh, thank God. You say, preacher, how do you know he's, how do you know he's with you? I talked to him just a minute ago. He said to tell some of you, hey. Oh, listen. Listen to me. Christ was his hopeful name. Emmanuel was his Hebrew name. But listen to this. Listen to this. Hang with me. Number three, Jesus was his human name. Now look at Matthew again. Matthew 1, verse 21. This is interesting and more interesting than I ever noticed in my entire life. Matthew 1, verse 21, the Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. We also notice in our King James Bible that those are in all caps pointing to his divinity. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus, I, you know, I, I, again this week, man, I'm just praying and trying to walk with the Lord and man, the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and I'm thinking about Christ and how he's the anointed one, the Messiah. I'm thinking about Emmanuel, how the Bible says he's God. He's God with us. He's, he's God come, come down to man. And, and then I'm going to think about that word Jesus. And boy, this is what I found out. It's how people referred to him who didn't necessarily know him personally. Jesus. We would call it his given name. You have a given name. My given name is Stephen. You have a given name, Mike, Rodney, Donnie. You have a given name. It was his given name. It was his birth name, Jesus. But you know what I, you know what I found out, church? Man, as I began to study the word of God, I found out that the more and more people got to know him personally, individually, you know what I noticed? They very seldom used his human name. Now, his human name was Jesus. It's what people knew him as. There comes that Jesus of Nazareth. There comes that man of Jesus that I've heard about. I heard that he healed somebody. I heard that he healed a blind man. I heard a man threw away his crutches. There comes that man, Jesus. Now, they referred to him as Jesus. You know why they referred to him as Jesus? They didn't know him. But if you ever got to the place where you knew him, come on now. In fact, as I began to study the Gospels and I began to, to look up all those people who really got to know him intimately and individually and personally, you know what I noticed? I noticed they very, 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 very seldom referred to him as Jesus. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Hey, get your Bibles if you will turn to the book of Mark, Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter four. And verse number 38, Mark 4, verse 38. Friend, they are in the storm 
of their life. In Mark chapter four, verse 38, the disciples are in the storm of their life. Mark chapter four, verse 38, the Bible says, and he, Jesus, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Jesus, now what it says, is it? You know what they said? Master. Master. Carest thou not that we perish? Same book, turn over a page or two, Mark chapter nine. Mark chapter nine, look at verse number five. Mark chapter nine, verse number five. The Bible says in Mark nine, verse five, and Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. Same chapter, skip down to verse 38. The Bible says in verse 38, and John answered him saying, Jesus, no, he didn't, give, he didn't use that given name. And John answered him saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name and he fought not us and we forbade him because he fought not us. Uh, uh, turn, over to, turn over to Mark chapter 10, one page over, Mark chapter 10 and look at verse number 35. By the way, church, we could go on and on and on and on and on with this. Mark chapter 10. And verse 35, the Bible says in James and John, the sons of Zebedee come unto him saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. All right, one last place. I want you to turn to the gospel of John. John chapter number 11. John chapter 11. And look, if you will, at verse number 20. John chapter 11 and verse number 20. And this is the story of Jesus raising Lazarus uh, back to life again. Uh, Mary and Martha and uh, look, if you will, at John 11, verse number 20, verse number 20, the Bible says, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Now, wait a minute now. <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting this. I'm get, listen, this is hot off the press right here. Uh, as she heard that Jesus was coming, you know how she heard Jesus was coming, some folks came and told her. They said, hey, Jesus is coming. That one they called Jesus. You know what? Jesus, He's coming. You know why they called him Jesus? They didn't know him. That one that we've heard about Jesus, the one that heals blinded eyes and heals the cripples and casts out the demons. And hey, that Jesus, that, that, that Jesus guy, he's coming. And then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house, verse 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. You say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, if you ever got to know him, you knew he was more than human, amen? If you ever got to know him, you knew this, he's more than Jesus. He's more than just a man. He's more than just a teacher. He's more than just a rabbi. He's more than just a healer. He's more than some preacher that came on the scene, some itinerant preacher. Listen, if you ever got to the place where you came to know him, I'm telling you what, the name changed and they begin to call him Master Lord. Oh, you're, you're, you're more than human. You are the Son of God. Jesus had a human name. Now, there's another blessing right there. Jesus had a human name, which teaches us a great lesson. He was 100% divine, but he was willing to become 100% human. Hebrews 2.16 says it like this. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. 
Verse 17 says, wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. Oh, church, don't lose me on this point right here. Hebrews chapter two, verse number nine, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Hebrews 4, 15, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. The fact that his name was Jesus teaches us a great lesson. He was not only the Messiah, he was not only Emmanuel, God with us, but he was human. Are y'all listening to me, church? He was human. Did you know the, the humanity of Christ inspires me in a great way? What do you mean, pastor? Did you know that Jesus knew what it was to struggle? Did you know that your Savior knew what it was like to be hungry? To hear the stomach rumble? He was human, 100% human. He knew what it was to have his, his stomach rumble because he was hungry. He knew what it was to be thirsty. He knew what it was to be forsaken. He knew what it was to be weary, tired. Jesus knew what it was to be unpopular. Some of you kids are all fired up because you feel like you're not popular in school. Well, I'm not popular. Well, praise the Lord for that. That might be the biggest blessing you've ever had. But, for your, but, but just for your information, Jesus knew what it was to be unpopular, to be abused, to be criticized, to be slandered, to be falsely accused. By the way, I, I thought I'd just insert this in there. Jesus knew what it was like to have a stepfather. Well, I'm just bitter at life because my mom and dad split up and I have a step, father, stepmother. Yeah, Jesus knew what that was like. He knew what it was to be misunderstood he knew what it was to be tempted, and yet he never wavered in his dedication. He never wavered in his faithfulness and his love. You see, the humanity of Jesus leaves me challenged and without excuse. But there's something else. Because Jesus was human, he identifies with you and me. He knows what you're going through, he feels your pain. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? He feels your hurt. He feels your loneliness. The songwriter said it like this. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained? Too deeply for mirth and song? When the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? And I'm glad he wrote a course with that. And it goes like this, oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. My heart is touched with his grief. When the days are weary, the long night dreary, I know, I know my Savior cares. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're facing this morning in your life, but I got good news. He was human. He knows what you're going through. He knows your broken heart. He knows when you're not able to sleep at night. He knows what's that like. He knows what it's like to have a heavy heart. He knows what it's like to, have, to experience pain and suffering. 
He knows what it's like to, 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 to experience discouragement and emotional distress. We know that according to the scripture, the Bible says he talked about times when he was heavy. Jesus knows. He knows what you're going through. He feels your pain. How do we know that, preacher? Because his name was Jesus. He was human. Old story. But it fits so well right here. Some of you old timers, including this one, remember a fellow who used to come on the radio. His name was Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. And Paul Harvey would always share some kind of a, a little quip or a story or something. And, and it, always had, it always had a little uh, lesson, a little lesson to it. Many, many years ago, Paul Harvey told this story, and this is his words. Now, the man to whom I'm going to introduce you was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with other men, but he just didn't believe all that incarnation stuff, which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just didn't make sense, and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm not going to church with you this Christmas Eve. He said that he'd feel like a hypocrite and that he'd much rather just stay at home and that he would wait up for them. And so he stayed and they went to the midnight service. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall he went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier and then back to his fireside chair and began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, then another, and then another, sort of a thump or a thud. At first, he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against his living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow They'd been caught in the storm and in a desperate search for shelter and tried to fly through his large landscape window. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures lie there and freeze, so he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter if he could direct the birds to it. Quickly put on a coat, galoshes, tramped through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide and turned on a light, but the birds did not come in. He figured food would entice them in, so he hurried back to the house and he fetched some breadcrumbs, sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail to the yellow-lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued to flap around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms. Instead, they scattered in every direction except into the warm, lighted barn. And then he realized that they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I'm a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Because any movie made tended to frighten them, confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. He, if only, if only, I could be a bird, he thought to himself, and mingle with them 
and speak their language. Then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to the safe, warm, to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells begin to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind. And he stood there listening to the bells, listening to the bells, pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. And he sank to his knees in the snow. Well, Calvary, I've got great news. Jesus came. And he was the anointed one. He was Christ. (laughs) He was Emmanuel. He was God with us. But all listen to me. He was Jesus. He was human. I love it. Somebody said it like this. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness and salvation. And so God sent us a Savior. Anybody else glad he sent a Savior? Man, oh man, oh man. What a God. Would you bow your heads with us this morning? Man, this is not just any Jesus. This is Christ. This is Emmanuel. And this is Jesus. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Right before we go, I want to ask a question. We're going to have you out of here. How many are here this morning would say, Pastor, if I died today, I mean, this is Christmas Eve, but people pass on Christmas Eve. Preacher, if I passed away today, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know that I know that I'm born again and I'm on my way to heaven. Now, without anybody looking, just for a moment, if that's you and you say, Preacher, I know that I know that I'm saved. If that's you, I want you just to slip your hand up as a testimony of that decision. I know that I've been saved. I know I've personally accepted Christ as my Savior. Thank you so much. You can lower your hands, and that's a blessing. But I want to ask a second question. Is there anybody here this morning, and you'd be real honest on this Christmas Eve, and you'd say, Pastor, in all honesty, I could not raise my hand. Pastor, I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure that I would go. And I care enough to slip up my hand and let you remember me in prayer. I'm not going to come back and try to drag you down this aisle. I've never done that. not going to do it this morning. I'll not embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Is there one like that here this morning who would say, Pastor, if I died today, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you please remember me in your prayers right now? Would you please pray for me? And you'd slip your hand up right now. You'd raise it up high so I can pray for you. Is there one like that anywhere? I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I see that little hand right there. Anybody else? 
Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray? I see that little hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Anybody else? Anybody else? I want to get you in on this prayer. Would you do us a favor and stand all over the house this morning? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. And Lord, what a joy it is to be in the house of God today. Father, thank you for reminding us of the Messiah. That anointed one we've hoped for, he's here. He came. And Lord, he's coming again. Father, I pray for every hand that was lifted this morning that said they're not sure about heaven. And God, I pray right now that you would do a work of grace in their life. God, give them faith and courage. And I pray today, Lord, they would make that decision that needs to be made. God, today I pray that they would accept Christ as personal Savior. Personally allow Him to come into their heart, their life change them. God, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heads about, eyes are closed. We have a few folks in the altar this morning that have a Bible in their hand. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand and you said, Pastor, if I died, I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven. Why don't you step out right now and just meet one of these folks down here in the altar and let us take the Bible and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Will you do that while we wait just for a moment? Would you come if you raise your hand? Would you come right now? Would you come? You know what? It may be there's some folks here this morning, and maybe in just a little while you're going to be seeing family members and friends that typically you don't see very much. Would you just pray something like this, Lord? Would you help me to be a witness? Lord, would you help me somehow to be able to share Christ with those folks that we're going to be with today and tomorrow, maybe the next few days? Lord, would you open a door for me to be a witness? Would you help me to say the right thing at the right time? With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you pray something like that right now? Maybe somebody will come to Jesus because of you. You can look up this way, Calvary. We're going to sing this little chorus that we sing quite often here at Calvary. We'll sing it through a couple times. Altars are still open. If you need to come, listen. Uh, you come, there'll be somebody here to meet you and greet you. If you're watching while we have live stream, if we can pray with you, our prayer helpline workers are right bef- beside the phone right now. Please dial that number on your screen, 704-327-5662. And we would love to talk to you about the Lord today. We're going to sing this little chorus. If you need to come, the altars are open. You come while we pray. Just as I am without one 
but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to Sing it once more, Calvary. Sing it together. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou be. 